Good evening, everyone. Um, we're not on the set of Grief, as you probably have noticed. That's happening in another theatre. Um, because so many people wanted to come and hear Mike tonight, and I can see, and there's still people coming in. I can see um, what a wonderful house we have. Um, but there was only one place for it, really. Uh, Mike Lee's career, and of course, he's, a, he's not just a playwright, but a film and television and theatre director, his career spans, I don't know whether you're aware of this, Mike, an astonishing five decades. I mean... <laughs> no, I'm not aware. Spans. <laughs> spans. Um, he was born in Wellin. He was brought up near Salford in Lancashire. I was brought up in Salford. Oh, in? Why did I say near? I don't know. Oh, right. It's a great, right. Okay. It's a great city, and I was brought up there. Good. All right, we've, we've cleared that one up. Um, he won a scholarship to RADA. He trained in art and design also, and by the mid-60s, he was an assistant director at the RSC. He's made, and you'll probably tell me I've made these calculations wrong, but by my calculations, 24 films and created 21 plays. And he's made stars of Alison Stedman, Brenda Blethyn, Jane Horrocks, and Gary Oldman, among others. And the list of his frequent collaborators also includes Timothy Spall, Phil David, Imelda Staunton, and Jim Broadbent. His play, Grief, which is on at the National Theatre, of course, at the moment, opened on the 21st of last month. Finally, I'm told, reliably by people backstage, getting its name only a few days before the previews began. Not true. Oh. <laughs> well, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. In fact, I, well, we can deal with we'll it come. now, if you like, because oh, what, all right. it's a wonderful thing. That, that I've heard that said a lot. And, I, um, even Mark Lawson said it on the radio. He went to the theatre, came to the first night, he walked away with a printed programme. How he could have had a printed programme with a title on it, having decided on the title only four days earlier, I've no idea. Well, they print very quickly at no, the no, National no, no, Theatre. No. We, we decided on the title about seven weeks ago. Oh. Will you spot that story? <laughs> well, it's, 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 we, don't, we just don't give them a title until we know what they are. But as soon as there's a you know, the time comes. I'm in there giving you oh, a title. Right, okay. I, I'm just trying to demystify some yes. nonsense. All right. right. Well, <laughs> sticking, sticking with grief, which got its title seven weeks before it opened, <laughs> um, it stars actors he's worked with often before, of course, and notably Leslie Manville, Sam Kelly, Wendy Nottingham, and Marion Bailey, plus David Horovich and Ruby Bentall. And um, probably some of you are going tonight and won't have seen it yet. Probably quite a lot of you have already seen it, but you'll know that it's, it is a study of grief and of repressive people, people who repress their emotions and of non-communication. The tragedy here is quiet, as Sarah Hemming said in the Financial Times review of it. But um, let's, Mike, if we may start with grief, the play. Um, the period is late 1950s, probably precisely 1957, what drew you back into that period? Um, I think there are lots of answers to that. Um, when I was um, researching and preparing Vera Drake, which is actually set in 1950, and um, thinking about that period, I started I sort of crystallized. I started to realize something that deep down I actually already knew but hadn't really thought about, which is that the 50s, and Vera Drake was set at the beginning of the 50s, this is an exploration 
into the late 50s. The reason why it was such a squeaky clean, obsessed with being respectable um, and repressive decade, the decade in which all those of us who were teenagers in the 50s, as I was, I'm actually a year younger, therefore approximately the same age, as the girl, Victoria, in grief. Those of us that went through that period, really we uh, experienced, many of us, the terrible pressure of respectability and you know, having to comply with the dumb thing and all the rest of it. And of course, that's why the 60s happened, and we all burst out, and the rest is history. Well, was, all, was all the repression of the 50s, you think, a sort of um, knock-on effect from the uh, weird years of the war? The war, exactly. Yeah. And that's what, what I um, realised, that, of course, the reason why our parents' generation was so um, obsessed with order and respectability was because, of course, their world had all but disintegrated. Um, and it's kind of, in one way or another, gone to hell and back. Uh, and so that's what... Um, I've never really dealt with that aspect of uh, the 50s or indeed of my own life and experience and view of things. It would be wrong to suggest that the play is about or should be um, read or understood as being exclusively about 50s issues. It very much is, uh, you know, a, a, a play, uh, um, the, the results of the war that uh, are very important. I mean, throughout the play, there are resonances of earlier lives, of, the, of a much earlier period in their lives. You feel, you sense, they talk about the 20s, you get a sense of the 30s and all the rest of it. Um, the effect of the war is really important. It is because Dorothy, uh, the Leslie Manville character... The main character. Uh, the main character. Um, I think she lost her husband in the war 15 years before 1957, yeah. and she's still grieving. And this does strike... struck me, anyway, as, as, as slightly odd that she was still... she was still frozen by this grief. I, I think that relates to exactly what I was going to say, which is that it's not... Of course, the play is not can't be read exclusively, understood exclusively in terms of the 50s. It is a thing that happens to people. Some people get over their grief. Some people move on. Other, other people are locked in their tragedy, locked in their loss. And that's the tragedy of the play. I mean, I don't want to... It's hard to talk about the play freely because I feel some of you haven't... Lots of you won't have seen it, and some of you have. But um, certainly it is a play about somebody who... Um, this is Dorothy, as a mother, she does her best and gets it wrong, basically. Mm. And it's a complicated thing because it, uh, you both want to sympathise with her. And, and shake her. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted to shake her too, did you? Well, I think we all do. You know. <laughs> yeah, so I think you can't help it. That's what it's about. It's such a contrast. Uh, we won't dwell on this too long, obviously, but with your... Other, only other play for the National, which was about six years ago, I think 2,000 years, which was about a North London Jewish family. Everything hangs out. It's very shouty, very argumentative. Couldn't be more different. Well, it is. I mean, not only was it is a different kind of territory, uh, but it's a different kind of play. I mean, in that play, I was concerned 
with dealing with some very specific um, issues, uh, um, not least uh, of a political nature. Um, this play, I'm, here I'm, I think I would have to say without wanting to sound too pretentious, that I think this is more fundamental and universal a play, really. And uh, I think they don't, they, I mean, I do in, in my work, both plays and films, um, do very different things and tell stories in very different ways. And there are actually stylistic differences and stylistic choices. And this is simply a very different kind of play from the other one. It's probably the most filmic of your plays because of the short scenes. And I, I must say, stage management is brilliant. The stage management is fantastic. I don't agree that it's, it's filmic. I think it's a very... Um, the fact, I mean, of course, there are. It is made up of short, mostly short scenes, but I don't, I don't um, see them or experience them in a cinematic way. I, I think they are much more. It's much more a, a, a way of distilling down to an essence, um, and I think it has a kind of rhythm which is very theatrical. In fact, I think it's more theatrical than. I mean, those of you who know some of my plays, you would perhaps know Ecstasy, which was on recently, or Abigail's Party, or indeed... I mean, it's the first time for a very long time I've done a play which didn't have sustained um, long acts, or long, long sequences. Um, by having short scenes, with respect, far from being cinematic, in fact, it means I've distilled things down to a very, very spare and actually much more theatrical kind of series of essences, in a way. And as you say, the, um, the, st the, st the collaborative work of the stage management and indeed the design and the lighting and the music and everything else. Alison Chitty's done one of her wonderful... Absolutely. Mm. But that sort of makes it hopefully flow in a very heightened and theatrical and comfortable way. I'd like to inject a very personal question in here. Um, can you think what you were doing in 1957? Yes, in 1957, I was... Um, uh, in Salford. Yeah, Salford. I was 14, 15. I was um, being a teenager. Were you stroppy? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Rather like Victoria. Well, I wouldn't go that far. That's uh. a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yes, I mean, there are, there are autobiographical things in the play, I would say that, certainly, yes. Were you sent, uh, or did you storm out of the room? Absolutely. Yeah. I think we've all done that, actually. Yes, but... I'm sure you did. Well, oh, certainly, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I was, I was sent to boarding school because my mother used the word too bolshy, um, which I suppose was a hangover from the wars as well. Um, the, the characters in... Uh, grief often struggle to to express themselves, and I wondered how. I know that, that I think most people know quite well how you your your form of creating a play or a film is to start with each individual character. I think and um, and work through it, and the, the actors put in a lot uh, of a contribution. Uh, how much of a challenge was that to say, let us say, Leslie Manville, um, who has to portray somebody who represses language in a way. It isn't an issue at all. Um, uh, it, it's, I mean, all of these actors, and indeed all the actors I work with in whatever piece, are consummate character actors. So they, you know, the job is to create a character. If the character happens to be um, garrulous, 
and articulate. In fact, three of the characters in this play are very garrulous. And you indeed. need them. Pardon? You need well, them. They, yes, of they course. come in and give us a bit of light relief. Don't well, they? yes, but also they, they have an important dramatic and thematic yes. function as well. Yes. Um, uh, but the characters played by Marion Bailey and Wendy Nottingham and David Horovitch are extremely articulate. Uh, talkative and so on. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it really is kind of academic. You know, it depends on the character, really. I mean, you, we, we create um, whichever character it is, and if they're talkative, they're talkative. If they're taciturn, they're taciturn or whatever. But in this case, you, I guess you started with the mother and the daughter relationship. No. Not? No, the logic. is we First, we started with... Actually, we started with these two guys who were at school together, and then one of them, his sister was born, so we had a brother and sister, and that was the main study, the brother and sister relationship. No, it has to be done chronologically. The but daughter, you... Ruby Bentall, had to hang around for ages and ages, waiting to be born. <laughs> she's the youngest character. Well, she's the daughter of another of your great collaborators, uh, Janine Davitsky, which I didn't realize till I read this, this famous program we've been talking about. Um, her, her mother, Janine, one, who was of course in Abigail's party, um, said she was very nervous of you when she first started in Abigail's party. Um, I suppose Ruby, her daughter, had heard so many stories about well, you. Well, the thing is, first she of wasn't all, nervous. No, the fast, you, the, this is a question about Janine Davitsky. You yes. have to take everything she says with a pinch of salt, really. <laughs> She's a great spinner of yarn. Is she? Um, the idea that she was nervous is preposterous. <laughs> and her daughter is about 1% as nervous as she ever was. So there you go. <laughs> How democratic is the process of making one of your plays? Um, do you insist on total control, or um, I mean, you're probably going to say, "Oh no, you know, it's it's a it's a democracy. Everyone can chuck their no, I mean, pen earth in." But it, in the end, you have to be. I yes, suspect, I mean, you can't control. write a play by committee. No. But on the other hand, the contribution of each um, actor, and indeed the contribution of the designer, and you know, they're all they all contribute to what the piece is, and um, it's it's very. I mean, it, it's not. Uh, if you think about it, um, it would work neither if I said, oh, well, that's just, everybody just do whatever you want, um, because it, would be a, it wouldn't be a play or a film, it would have no, and it, nor would it work if I was, uh, in, although it's hard to know how this would actually work, if one sort of didn't want to collaborate. But you see, I think what's important is this. Um, and you've identified this. I mean, I have a function as a, as a writer, which is to say, to make, to tell a story in a coherent uh, way, which is um, dramatic and elegant and well-written and well-constructed and all of those, and says something and explores themes and all of that. But parallel to that, and in a way which is, in a, for me, indivisible, I don't know whether where one, th one starts and the other ends up. I'm also a director. And my job as a director is to be an enabler, to make a creative space for everybody to feel totally free, totally um, open, totally inventive, and to push everybody, including myself, to the limits to get most out of it from all our contributions. So, Really, the questions about um, control or 
freedom or democracy or repression or anything else don't really come into it, except that at the, end, at the beginning and the end of the day, somebody has to be in charge, and everybody knows that that's my job, and nobody ever, and I mean, you can go and ask them, you know, nobody ever feels in any way manipulated or anything, because it wouldn't work if they did, especially in a play. Yes, I was going to say, uh, the, the process for you of making a film and making a play must be different to the extent that on the set of filming you can try things out rather more and then edit it and put it, well, spice it together. You can't really do that with I a think play. that's true. I mean, obviously, what the play has to be... I mean, there's no question of improvising in a no. play. It has to be. But the truth of it is that I'm not really interested in improvisation on film. I mean, occasionally there might be a good reason for letting something happen or, you know, for example, in Happy Go Lucky, uh, all the stuff with the kid in the school and the kids in the, you know, uh, that was improvised because I didn't want to inflict on this six-year-old kid um, the dis sophisticated disciplines that the grown-up actors would have been. Uh, deploying. But um, there's no, I mean, when we put a, a play on next door, it has to be absolutely rock solid mm. because it's got to hold up for performances. Within it, as with any good play and production, it's there for the actors to explore within the discipline of the production. And it, so it, there can be little subtle changes between now it, and, say, well, January? Uh, well, only mm. in the sense that all plays, every play in this building does that. I mean, that's what happens in plays. If you go and see any play, two consecutive occasions after it's been on, uh, one after it's been on for a while. You will see growth or changes. That's what happens in plays. But there's no question of changing the lines or changing the action or any of those, because it is a piece of work. You know. Mike Lee uh, <laughs> and audience tonight, thank you very, very much. Thank you. you a great travel. <laughs>